This week, I virtually sat down with my friend and old soccer teammate, Raju Dollywal. Raju is currently working from home for a tech startup and is living in our childhood home of Danville, California. For what it's worth, he was a badass left back on the soccer pitch and is an introspective and intelligent thinker. We spoke about the challenges of our newly found adulthood, the importance of feeling grateful, the value of grind, and dipped our toes into the sentiments surrounding the political ideologies of today. I hope you will enjoy. Big questions. No answers. See these questions I got on my mind. I'm asking them all the time, time. Like traveling through the universe, I'm scrambling. These black holes, how does time flow? If I dropped in one, where would I go when I come out? A hundred years old. Big questions, no answers though. What happens when we dream? Is this world all it seems? I think, therefore I am. All I know is my name is Sam. On the road, child to a man. Do I need a plan? All these questions and more, that's what's in store. Yeah, definitely. Um, this kind of leads into my, my big question for you, actually, which is it's interesting. I think it's... We've kind of talked, obviously, COVID, which will have shaped your answer. But um, let me hear your kind of expectations versus reality when it comes to your, like, newly found adulthood, as it were. Like, what did you think it was going to be like? What is it actually like? Where's the kind of, like, disparity? Yeah, that's a good one. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I think, like you already said, like, COVID has definitely changed it a bit. But, like, I mean... I don't know. I think one thing that sticks out is like, and I think this is like a tweet I've seen before, but it's like, you know, adults seemed way adultier when we were right. kids, right? <laughs> right like, right. like when you were like 10 and you saw someone who's like 23, you're like, wow, they're like a yeah. real adult. And like, now I'm 23. And I'm like, uh, not so much. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I know a lot of 23 year olds, they don't, they don't seem to make the best decisions. Um, and so, <laughs> And I think a lot of it is just because you're still inexperienced, like relatively speaking. Um, mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like so much of it depends on your background. Like, mm-hmm. I think there's this idea that like, you know, you're an adult when you're 18 and you have like s- some freedoms, like, you know, um, legally. But like some people have to be adults when they're like kids. Like there's people who like right. essentially raised their siblings, had to work like, right. you know, like full time or something like right out of school mm-hmm. or like balancing school too. And so it's like their perception of like what adulthood is and like when you reach that point is so much more different than, you know, people like from Danville, like from communities that we were in. Yeah. And so I think for me, like I always knew like, okay, you know, I'll I'll be like out of college. I'll feel like an adult because like Mm -hmm. then you'll be working full time. Mm -hmm. And so and so I feel like thus far it's like. It feels kind of the same. Like It's like I'm still kind of at home. So it's like I'm not. I, I did that because I, I, I even wanted to save on rent. So the whole thing was before COVID, I was like, hey, let me live at home for a year and then I'll move right. out to SF. Like my girlfriend works there too, so mm-hmm. it'll be perfect. Um, but now it's like, well, it's indefinite because we can't even go out if we move somewhere. And so right. I think part of it to me was like, I'll feel like a real adult when I'm like, you know, paying those bills, like paying Have rent. place. Like, yeah, yeah, like you know, got to go grocery shopping, like got to, you know, like do everything. And that's kind of like the real thing is like almost living on your own. And so like, yeah, it feels like right now it's like kind of this like purgatory of like, well, you're not, you're not a student. You're not like, you know, that anymore. It's not like you have that excuse. It's like, you're still making money, but you're not having that independence on your own. And so, Mm. um, yeah, it's kind of some in between right now. It's, it's, it's tough to say if it feels real or not. Right. Yeah. Do you feel like, cheated in a way because you weren't given this experience like do you ever just get like angry at the world or at that like the pandemic or whatever it is not really because i try to keep perspective and i think it's a lot worse for other groups like mm. i think a lot about kids in high school like like mm. imagine if you're senior year like if you're a senior in high school right now like right. that sucks like because like think about it for us like that was so fun it was like yeah it was like carefree and it's like Right. At that point, you went to school to socialize and you didn't even yeah. worry about that other stuff. And like, mm. like, you know, you weren't like super concerned about the, the academics when it came down to like second semester and you like kind of right. knew what your plans were and stuff. So I think about like those kids, like kids who are still in college, like I think about even just like any young kids who like 
play sports like they're having seasons taken away like bro remember mm. like what if yeah. they just missed a whole like summer of like tournaments for rangers like yeah you know yeah. like that that stuff is like you you build memories and like that's the stuff you're gonna remember when you're older and it's like uh, that part being taken away is is you know really shitty versus i think for mm. me it's like hey i have the rest of my life to be an adult so i'm mm. i'm not too worried about this it definitely sucks but like i don't i don't feel cheated because i feel like there's right. so much more time i think to a certain extent it's like Interesting. okay i am still in my like early 20s so you know i've i've had a year like of missed opportunities to go out but it's like that's not the real stuff you know like right. it's like okay i could do that whenever like whenever it comes back it's not like those are the important things in life that you're going to remember later on down the years so mm. Um, interesting yeah that's me, a, yeah to I me it's not very, as bad as it could be yeah for sure that's the i think that's the right way to think the right way to feel like i de definitely like guilty of especially in the beginning of this right being like this is such bullshit like <laughs> why did it have to happen now like all this stuff but like you say like what you're what you are missing out on kind of pales in comparison to what a lot of other people are missing out on and yeah the effect on us and like kind of where we are in our lives and because like you say the background that we both kind of share obviously we're very different people but mm -hmm. like being from you know living in Danville and having certain opportunities afforded to us it's not the worst situation to yeah. be in yeah um have your so you're still living with your parents mm -hmm. and are you yeah. still like are your siblings home too or no so my sister had moved out right before COVID or at least like a couple months before one of them did. And then um, the other one actually left like probably a month or two before that uh, to go to LA for grad school. And so, oh, okay. and she's like already planning to stay there. My other sister's like in Sunnyvale, like she's working um, like down there in Palo Alto. Mm -hmm. So like they, they kind of have it figured out and I'm just like, well, we'll see what happens. Like we're all working <laughs> though. That's one thing I'm grateful for is that, um, you know, like right yeah. now is like ton of, ton of people who who haven't been able to get lucky with work so that's one thing that's chill but yeah right now in my house it's just me and my parents nice how's that uh that situation <laughs> yeah it's it, it, it's not it's not as bad as it could be i think like mm -hmm. um you know they're pretty like respectful of me being an adult and like if i'm going out like you know i'm going out they're not worried like right. i mean there's some concern with covid obviously but um you know it's it's not like i'm out here being reckless or anything so yeah um, but the actual dynamic itself is like fine i don't i don't have too many complaints like there's there's definitely like an itching to like want to go out and be on my own because now i'm like hey like i've, I've saved all this money and i can do it but i i have right. the long-term vision to be like no like just save up like for now and then make that move later in the year when like everyone's vaccinated people can go right. out all that sort of stuff so nice um yeah it's it, for me it's just perspective it's like it's could always be worse nice man that's a valuable perspective to yeah. have i think more people would be uh a lot happier i think if they were able yeah. to take that um has so you talked about like adults feeling adult here yeah has like your perception of like your parents or like your upbringing changed like do you respect them more do you respect them less do you understand them more you know yeah i think i think i definitely respect them more mm -hmm. and i feel like I'm aware that I can't understand them as much, you know, it's not that mm. like, it's like now that I'm an adult and I like know, you know, the shit you got to worry about. I'm like, Oh, for them, it was way crazier. Cause like, you know, they were like immigrants and all this stuff. Like, mm. and like, you know, what's crazy is like, I, I was thinking about this the other day. Um, you know, that shell gas station, like right by like Crow Canyon free, like yeah. right the on ramp there. My dad mm. used to work there. And, no way yeah and i i only found that out like recently that it was that specific location but um it's crazy because like he was doing that while going to school in san jose state getting his master's in wow. engineering so i'm like dude that's a different reality of like the shit mm. you gotta worry about and like versus like i'm just you know at home working <laughs> my yeah. my kind of like relatively cushy job compared right. to like like those jobs are a grind bro like yeah i you, the pay doesn't reflect it, but like you gotta work way harder at a gas station, like at the desk, right? Like, you know, than you know in a in a tech sales job that I'm in right now. And so right. it's like, yeah, like I've had to do some minimum wage <laughs> jobs and stuff like that. But like it wasn't like like my mentality going in was like this is just money for me to have to spend, not like mm. 
I have to like sustain a like livable wage. Right. Right. Like yeah. I wasn't paying the bills when I did that. Like my dad was. And like mm-hmm. my mom was working like long hours, like night shift, you know, at the hospital when she was like just starting off as a nurse. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, I'll never have to go through those struggles because they already did. Right. And so it's like, okay, I get that I'll never have the same perspective, but then it's also like, oh, I have way more respect because I'm like, shit, could I do that? Like I don't know. Like if the circumstances were like, you have to do it or else you're going to like fail, then maybe, right. but, um, I'm no, I've never had like that pressure, you know? Mm. Yeah. I, I think about that a lot. I remember I had a conversation with someone who she was kind of like, she was a very different, um, background. She was she's originally from Turkey. Um, but her parents are both doctors, like, you know, quite wealthy and international student in Canada. But we were just kind of like talking about, you know, like like privilege, like mm-hmm. coming from like at least, you know, upper middle class background and how it kind of it deprives you of the like you're saying that grind, that struggle of like and, and I think weirdly, at least I come to this in my life. I'm like, like you say, could I do that? Like, am I like, you know, strong enough? Like, am I and I think you are, but just because you don't ever have the opportunity to do it it almost like makes me want to like seek out like (laughs) like some kind of like simulation of it which I like try to think about that with tree planting a lot because like obviously don't have to do that like I I'm working right now I'm working in an exercise clinic as like a as an athletic trainer and like I could keep doing that and like build my personal trainer client base and do all that stuff but like I'm purposefully like going out into the woods and getting eaten alive by bugs and like grinding my body away and I'm like am I just like trying to like prove to myself that I'm (laughs) that I'm like man enough or strong enough or like do you do you think about that do you like like kind of want to put yourself in situations where you uh like need to prove yourself or are you like does that thought not cross your mind are you content sort of you know yeah no that's good I, I think like what you're getting at is almost like we and I think I've seen people talk about this before is like because we almost had the more privilege and like the the easier childhood it's like mm. you're tasked less with like survival and like i need mm. to hustle and get shit done to like make it and right. because you you'll already have that like minimum level of like support right so you're right. like i have to have this like deeper self actualization and understand like my motivations mm. like what you're saying right. is like hey like can i do this shit like our parents are like never they never thought about that because like no i have to do that shit right. it's not even like a question i have to ask myself it's like i just have to do this and so right. i don't know i feel like I, I mean i'm definitely competitive in ways like at work i, I certainly am and like mm-hmm. you know i've hustled like i i got promoted in like in a year and like i was proud of that um but but i feel like i don't i don't know i think it's it's tough like i, I don't know if i've asked myself those questions of like oh shit mm. like you know should i be pushing like that like or should i be pushing myself more and so yeah maybe mm. it's something that hasn't crossed my mind fully interesting yeah i i mean even as something as like relatively simple as sport and like just like getting that competitive edge i think is like kind of like dipping your toe into those into those waters right because it's it's all on you it's all that individual responsibility mm-hmm. it's like i want to be better at this because <laughs> it's just kind of like ego or whatever, whatever that is taking over. But um, yeah, it's hard to kind of find those areas in life, like beyond sport where you're like tossed with, you know, I got to prove to myself, I got to, you know, be better at this because I want to be better at it. Or I don't know, maybe like a, yeah, that saying like having a chip on your shoulder, like maybe we all have that chip on our shoulders and we just have to kind of like, you know, find a way of. Uh, That's a good point. And like, I think, That's interesting, like, and, like, you you know well that, like, when it came to, like, soccer, like, I was always super competitive and, like, mm-hmm. you know, always wanted to win and stuff like that, um, and I screamed a lot, <laughs> and, and, <laughs> um, but, but, yeah, like, when some people just takes, like, different shapes, like, there's people who, like, and it's interesting, like, when I went to college, I realized this so much, um, of, like, people are just competitive as fuck in school, mm. like, like, I don't know, like, it's interesting thinking about, like, we went to like SRV, right? Like, you know, like Danville, it it reflects the same demographics, like at like a really white school, right? Like I'd say like 85% white or something. Mm -hmm. Um, 
but it was also like we had like really smart people like i'm sure you know the the test scores and stuff that we got were pretty high um compared to average and stuff but there was never like just that like overwhelming sense of like your worth was determined by like how well you did in school and then you could go 15 minutes down the road to somewhere like Doherty, right? Like right. I literally lived like as close to there as I did to SRV. Like I just mm. happened to be in the zone of SRV because I'm in Tampa. Interesting. And so yeah. it's like, if I'd gone to that school, like that's just such a different reality. And it's like, you know, they're, they are so much more like, you know, Indian and Asian, which reflects mm. the demographics in their community. Right. And it's because like, they're almost brought up in a way to be more competitive in academics. And so right. like, that thing's always interesting to watch like that dynamic and like, you know, I, when I went to Santa Cruz, like I met so many people who were like, you know, from the Bay and it's like, that was kind of the, the reality that they had like growing mm. up because like, you know, their parents are like super successful in Silicon Valley. And it's like, they need that to be the same thing for their kids. And so they like pass right. this pressure on to them that I feel like less people had, um, where we were growing up, which is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, it's interesting how it can also kind of break down like on along cultural lines too, right? Like that Asian Indian kind of like influence and my uh, good friend, my roommate Saurav, who was on the podcast, um, he's born and raised in, um, well, born in India, but raised in Bangladesh. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've had like long talks with him because he's definitely experienced that sort of like I don't know, whatever you want to call it, like tiger mom, tiger dad, yeah. you know, strong Indian, you know, beta, you will do this because yeah. he said this, like, and um, I, a lot of times will compare and contrast like his conversation with his parents, like he was having one the other day, he just got a full-time offer, he's working part-time oh, nice. uh, at a tech firm and got a full-time offer at this job. And his mom was like, send us the contract. I want to read the contract. (laughs) Like, make sure you, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I was just like, never in a million years would my parents be like, yeah, send us the contract. We want to like, make sure you got a good deal. Um, Does your like background reflect that? Like, obviously if this is just audio, so people can't see, uh, (laughs) but you're, you're of Indian descent. Like, did you have that kind of influence in your life as well? Or is it kind of a little bit more laissez faire? Like yeah it's 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 always been interesting because it's yeah it's definitely more of that hands-off approach like Mm. you know i think in like middle school my parents would check like those school loop emails for my grades and it was Mm. like that was it like i think once i got into high school it was like they never would check my grades and it was Mm. always like hey you're gonna do whatever you're gonna do but you know what like our expectations are Mm. and right and so like there was always like some minimum like you know level of like like there was some standards I had that were self-imposed, you know, like it was right. never like to my parents or anything. I remember this is funny. The only C I ever got in high school, I got plenty of B's. Like I didn't have like a 4.0 or anything, but the only C mm-hmm. I ever got was freshman year in art. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it was cause and it was cause it was me, uh, Drew Tresson, Drew Kerr <laughs> and I did and a couple other people who just <laughs> fucked around and like, yeah. <laughs> and but otherwise like and i it was because i took it as a joke because i'm like this is art and i suck like if i was good i could have at least like salvaged to be just off talent but right but for me it was like it was like i was always motivated for myself like if there was like Mm. you know english and i was writing essays i like writing so like i would do that because i wanted to it was never like like with my parents i had to math wasn't i was never a huge fan but i was always like i know i have to do this minimum you know like level like i never took calc in high school right but like um i was you know i i did like kind of good enough at everything else and so i i was always like yeah there's those self-imposed sort of standards but it's mm. just interesting seeing you know with other people how that works and it's funny because mm. um you know like with with me and my sisters like i think like we we always just did everything ourselves like our older cousins um on my mom's side like they all grew up here too like they it was kind of the same for them, but they actually like more so went to like private schools and now our younger cousins, like they all go to private schools. And it's just, Hmm. it's interesting seeing that dynamic, even like within the family. So it's like, we Mm. could say it's cultural maybe, but maybe it's just like my parents have a different view themselves. And it's like, is that, you know, does that break down to the individual? Like, are we the ones, Mm. you know, breaking from the orthodoxy there or, or not? And so, um, yeah, it's been interesting. Like even in college. Yeah. I think there's people who like, like you know like i think would have their parents still like get their grades and like worry about yeah. that stuff and for my parents it was like 
you know, don't fail. Like we yeah. want to see you do well, but like just graduate. Like they, You're I right. think they knew it wasn't the end all be all was not like your GPA. It's like, what can you actually do afterwards? And so right. um, I think, yeah, I, it's just interesting. Cause like sometimes I think about it and I'm like, maybe if they were more hands-on, I would have been a little bit better or maybe I would have mm. rebelled because, right. because they were so like, you know, putting this pressure on me and I would have just been like, all right, this is it. Like I can't take it anymore. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I don't know if what happened like with me is like the best outcome, but I'm happy with the outcome. Like right. I'm happy that like, I don't have resentment because they made me take certain classes. They like mm. made me do this. Like, um, totally. But I think it was interesting. Cause like, like with my mom, she's fully like, you know, she, she was born in India, like moved to England when she was five, moved to the U S when she was like 16. And so like, okay. she has more like a Western mentality versus like my mm-hmm. dad only moved here when he married my mom. And so okay, got it. for him, like, you know, she, he was always like, all right, you got to do something with like some sort of math or like science. Mm. Like, and so that's why I did econ and like, I grew to like it over time, mm. but I'm like, okay, it's like the most math I can handle. Right. Like, <laughs> I'm not doing like computer science. I'm not doing anything science related. That stuff's terrible for me. Um, mm. But my mom's always like, you know, just do what makes you happy. Right. And so it was a good balance for me to get that mm. too. So there's even like a discrepancy between my parents, but like ultimately they both agreed like, Hey, you know, we can't control you at the end of the day, you'll do what you want. And so mm. um, I think that's interesting. But one other thing, one other point that comes up when I think about this stuff is how many, you know, like specifically Indian people that you see who become successful in like other areas, more creative, like artistic areas but they actually like had to still go to college and get the degree and mm. like make their parents happy first. And then right. that was like the threshold is like, Hey, I got the diploma. Like, can I go do this now? Yeah. And so yeah. there's like, you know, there's, there's like, like singers, like YouTubers, like people like that. I've seen like that who, who, you know, they had to like check that box before right. they could go pursue what they really wanted to. And so I think that's always interesting mm. as well. Yeah. That's fascinating. Um, I think, yeah, what you mentioned, like having the 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 balancing of the two. I, I was also very like self-directed as a kid, I feel mm-hmm. like. I think I, yeah, whatever it is about, I don't know, maybe it comes from parenting, but I feel like you could also have like that same parenting style and then have, you know, say you had twins even, like Drew Tresson, Connor Tresson yeah. or whatever come to mind. But like, I don't know how really different they are when it comes to like pushing themselves in whatever endeavor, but you could easily see, you know, one child being like very self-imposed, like ordered, you know, I want to get a B because this is makes me feel good inside. And like, mm-hmm. yeah, my parents don't really expect that much, but whatever. And then another kid, you know, their brother being like, fuck it. Like, I don't need to, yeah. I don't need to care. And I, I just find that I've been thinking about that a lot uh, recently. Cause I also have been thinking about like my impact on my siblings. And like mm-hmm. you mentioned your siblings were both like quite, you know, self-imposed and did well in school as well. So like, I think about where, yeah, where does that actually come from? Like, is it just a fucking random configuration of like environmental and genetic conditions coming together and being like, well, this guy's going to be, you know, neurotic. So he's going to be like self-imposing all this shit or this guy's just not going to care. Cause we, I mean, we both know plenty of people that just could not have given less of a shit about you know doing their homework or whatever even in like i mean i don't remember i don't know about you but like i remember even in like middle school sixth grade when like shit literally didn't matter i was still like getting stressed about some fucking bullshit history assignment that i had to do and it's just yeah i just kind of been like analyzing like where the fuck does that come from like i i and i don't know because my parents yeah they gave a little bit of like you said like push or or you know drive from me but it was never that degree of like you have to get an a or you have to get a b which i think like from what i've seen and people i've i'm sure you met as well at university like that is not the way to go either (laughs) right like you say you get that resentment then or you get that like once they get to university they just fucking let loose and do all the drugs and do all the drink and fuck everybody and like that's not the uh, the answer either and yeah, I just, I don't know, maybe I'll never get a satisfactory kind yeah. of answer, but it's it's interesting to kind of probe those things yeah. in your head. It com- it, I think it's like, it's just, there's so many questions that just come down to nature versus nurture and like how mm. much does each comprise? But I think something else you mentioned, like, and we talked about it, like the people who 
were almost like sheltered and then they got to school and like had all this freedom and didn't know mm. what to do with themselves like right. i think that's an interesting like case that happens a lot because like I've, I've noticed this before like you know the, there's if you like smoked and drank in high school and then you like did in college like like you were generally okay like i know so many mm. people who didn't and like just went crazy with it when they got to right. school and it's like no you you just went from zero to like yes. abuse like you, yeah. you didn't, you didn't <laughs> right. like you skipped the recreational phase like you just went straight to like <laughs> right. abusing it and so i i think that's that's just interesting how that works because it's like yeah like eventually the bubble bursts if you keep people mm. like too too locked away like that and right. so yeah it's it's, it's interesting because it and that kind of goes back to like when do you feel like an adult like like when you're 18 and you get to school, like my parents left and I was like, dude, I can do whatever the fuck I want. But it right. wasn't like, oh, I, I have all the shit that I couldn't do for, for the first 18 years mm. that I have to get out of my system. It's like, okay, like, cool. This is cool now. But it's just like, so, I don't have to text my mom when I'm coming home. Or... Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> like, I don't have to, basically it. I don't have to ask her, like, well, can I go out? Like, yeah. obviously I can fucking do that if I want. But yeah. Um, yeah, like there's so many people I knew who like only lasted the first quarter at school, like, right, because they didn't know that, hey, you're still here to learn, like you still have to get the grades. And yeah, they just kind of, yeah, they forgot Burnt about that out. part because they were just, you know, so focused on that, on that freedom that they never had. Mm, yeah, it's like with anything, right? There's that fine balance we yeah. all have to strike. Yeah, I definitely, I don't know. I, I also just reflecting on my parents and how like, I think, you know, my mom was like 25 when she had me. And I'm like, fuck, that's only like two years away. Yeah. <laughs> like, you imagine that's like, scary. having a fucking kid come out of you. Yeah, like, um, obviously, I think it must reorient your priorities. Like, we're talking about the pandemic doing that. But like, having a kid um, is kind of like the cliche. Like, you know, I saw that little face and I knew I had to get my shit together. Yeah. So I, I think about that too. And just like the impact of, you know, no longer having all of your focus be on yourself having it be on another living being like that must be you know a whole nother level of kind of oh shit get your ass in gear that, that kind of we were mentioning with the um you know seeing our parents or hearing of our parents struggles uh like growing up yeah uh, <laughs> i wonder how yeah i wonder how we'll all kind of I, I don't know. Do you have a, like a running like bet or pool of who's going to have a kid first? <laughs> well, out of, out of who? Like, I don't know. Just like out of people from high school. I mean, I know there are some people already that yeah. have had children, but they're all Mormons. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah pretty, pretty much. It's yeah. Like someone who didn't do it because they're extremely religious. That's yeah. I think we're still waiting <laughs> on that. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I, I think about that. And like, you can think about like the larger scale piece, which is people are having kids later and later because mm. you have to get a job. And now it's like, you know, like, uh, I mean, I think about like even 20, 30 years ago, you'd be so much more secure financially to make that right. decision. And so that's like a huge piece of it. But yeah, like, I think what you're saying is like interesting. Cause like, that could be the the kind of that that catalyst of what makes you get your shit together and like you're like mm. oh okay now i gotta be an actual adult and so yeah. it's like maybe maybe it has nothing to do with age maybe you could be like 17 or you could be like 35 mm. and when you have a kid it's like oh now i actually grew up yeah like right. this was this was that defining moment and like i mean i think it would be interesting to know what that feeling's like like be just because like maybe it's just purely like like biological like maybe that's mm. literally just like you know, like when our ancestors just went around, like, you know, fucking each other, whatever. And then they yeah. had a kid like, oh, shit, like, <laughs> got to raise this thing yeah, like, way yeah. back, you know, when that first started. And so it's like, it's like, maybe there's, there's just that like innate sort of sense mm. of like, I got to take responsibility now. And whatever the context is, like maybe right. hundreds of thousands of years ago, you're like, fuck, I got to go hunt down animals and like gather right. berries and shit. And so like, we don't <laughs> die of starvation. Yeah. And now it's like, fuck i gotta wake up every day and go do this <laughs> shitty job that i hate but it's like it right. takes different forms but it's like the same idea of like oh i don't want to do this but i have to you know? right uh, yeah what a what a weird strange trajectory yeah. <laughs> like what a fucking imagine going back and being like you know like say you could try time travel and being like yo like bing gong <laughs> you know a hundred thousand years your ancestors are going to just sit out of this computer and just yeah. like whoa away their existence they're like that sounds terrible <laughs> yeah. yeah maybe it is dystopian 
and we don't know it. <laughs> That's how much of a dystopia it is, is that we actually like are, are buying into the idea that we're happy or that it's like <laughs> this is how things should be yeah man i uh, dude i fucking i have you seen um the boston dynamics robots you know oh those, my like, god those things do like like backflips, backflips and, like, and things like, and you've seen the little dog one like spot or whatever oh they call i think that was yeah kind of recently but like they're way too like smooth like i think 10 yeah. years ago they used to be like like really stiff, like actually like, oh, right. here's what a robot looks like. And right, like, right. Oh, we've been grinding and like they're real people now. Like, Yeah, literally. I, but I was going to mention, I saw this clip. You can look it up on YouTube of they've used one of those Boston dynamic robots, those little dog things, mm-hmm. and like fitted a camera to it. And it's like patrolling the streets of the Bronx. Oh, my it's God. It's like, yeah, <laughs> dude, I swear to God, like look it up. It looks terrifying like it literally looks like i was i was telling my friend like imagine they just put a machine gun on that thing <laughs> like yeah. and you have literally like a black mirror episode like that's that was actually one of them like, i don't know if you saw it but there was one where like a woman was just getting hunted by these like dog-like <laughs> like robots oh and my God. we're there already it's yeah. like we are in the dystopia we're in the black mirror episode ah uh, the more i realize that it's like it's terrifying yeah and it's like and it's like the thing is, is like it's not that these like technologies don't exist. It's that they haven't been like abused on a wide scale. Like, right. it's like, it's like, Oh, we think we're so far away from like, you know, all these different things of like, yeah. Like you said, like these robots that are going to go around patrolling the streets. Like you tell someone that like, you know, chances are a majority of the people haven't seen this video and heard right. about it. They're like, okay. Yeah. That's like a sci-fi movie, but it's like, no, that's yeah. actually happening. It's, it's just not yeah. everywhere yet. But now that they know it can work, it's like, well, there's no way to like prevent this almost like right it's already yeah. happening right now i mean yeah like, they, like think about drones right we've had drones for like 10 years where yeah. they're just like literally like automatically picking targets and firing off miss like that's happening <laughs> like whether yeah. you it's not happening in your neighborhood but exactly. it's happening thousands of miles away and like you just try to be blissfully unaware of yeah, I'm, impending doom <laughs> i think that's i think that's part of it too is like you the less people who know the better right like yeah right yeah yeah do you do you kind of classify yourself as a as an optimist or a pessimist or a realist or what do, what do you see yourself so it's an interesting answer i'll say i mean i try to say i'm a realist like i try to look at things objectively no one can be purely objective all the time yeah. anyways but right but I think, I think I'm an optimist because I'm a realist. And so I'm a realist mm. in the sense that I can't say for certain one way or the other. But if I live my life as an optimist, I'll know I'll just be happier, mm-hmm. right? Like, like isn't, if I'm trying to be realistic and I'm trying to be objective and rational, isn't the rational thing to do to be happy like right <laughs> like maybe some people nice. just maybe some people just are happy like i'm i'm just overthinking it on like such deeper levels than i need to probably but it's like <laughs> but it's like if you don't know like maybe you should choose to be happy because that's the rational thing is like choose the choose the thing that makes you feel better and don't like you know be mm. like yeah don't be like blissful about ignorance but right. just be happy that you can at least choose right like that you mm. have a choice in it maybe maybe we could get deeper and say do you even have free will or anything but no. i don't know i would say i would say yeah i would say i try to be optimistic um in spite of being a realist <laughs> <laughs> i like that i like that a lot what about you what, what where would you stand on that yeah no i think uh i i think that's probably an accurate description of me as well like i again you can never remove your subjective you know view on things but i try to I don't know. I try to like take that objective view and then if it's if it's horrifying, like if it is like looking at, you know, the future of uh drones or yeah. dogs that are going to come after us after we steal a candy bar from 7-Eleven <laughs> or uh I like respond with humor a lot of the time because I think it's like I think, you know, that's just a much better way to deal with the the kind of horrifying nature of a lot of our reality is like you can either let it like consume you and wallow in self-pity or you know like horror or you can turn it into a joke like laugh about it and there is a lot in my life I know and just like I don't know I think the the fact that like I'm able to do this like with you who's sitting you know Mm -hmm. a thousand miles away and yeah 
we're, we're able to like, get on the same wavelength and talk about things that like a hundred years ago, none of us, we would not ever be in the situation, yeah. right? Like no fucking possibility of it. So I, I think I like to focus on like just the grand picture of things a lot more because I think when you look at details and you see, you know, whatever it is, like school shootings or police brutality and like obviously there's so many issues that you can get hung up about that we should be hung up about but looking at grand trends i think is where my optimism comes out right like yeah i think that's yeah where i kind of find myself a lot of times you know yeah and i think it's interesting like you know i i think about would that answer change if you were born like 30 years ago like Mm. maybe you didn't have to deal with social media growing up growing up and it's like okay like yeah we don't have zoom we can't just be like on this on this right now and talking Mm. and all that but but maybe it was like the simplicity and that Mm. was that was what made things easier and people maybe were more optimistic i don't know i don't know the data here but i would assume people used to be happier in america like you could think it all like look Mm. at all the bigger trends as well and think okay like you know financially people are not good like right Mm. now especially pandemic you could just look at like socially as like you know the rate of like teens who commit suicide and stuff like Mm. that like that's like way higher you can say like school shooting stuff like that like there's something like you know insipid that like we haven't dealt with as a society that clearly wasn't there Mm. you know in the 70s and like you can relate the two to say like hey maybe people had more money they could afford to buy a house there wasn't like you know, this need to be hateful of the world and like, you know, be right. bitter and angry. But um, yeah, I think I just think it's interesting, like what it would be like. And at the same time, mm. you could be like, well, shit, like, you know, I have brown skin. So what if I was in the US at that time? And like, mm. you know, my mom was in the 70s and she said people would say racist shit like in, mm. in the UK as well, too. And it's mm. like, bro, they're only here because you guys colonized India. Like, that's, <laughs> come on, man, you can't be racist. This is the, this is the fallout from it. But but um but yeah like i think about that and it's like like what are those trade-offs that you have to make like sure we can Mm. make social progress in one way in one respect you know having a less racist society but at the same time there's there's other issues that are are a cause or a result of like all this new technology and stuff and Mm. so i i it would be interesting seeing you know if you ask two 23 year olds like 10 years ago 20 years ago and see how that that changes with time that's fascinating yeah the more i i think about these things the more i realize and like you brought up obviously like the effect of social media on young people and how yeah mental health issues are obviously on the rise and i think that has to do with like awareness right we have like diagnostics now that are you know we can actually understand these things and put labels on them but it seems that a lot of our problems or a lot of our happiness results from our like immediate social network like do you feel like socially supported if yeah. you say yes odds are you're probably happy or you know happy ish which that i think goes a long way in thinking like broadly about these things right like yeah i think fi- finance finances are obviously a huge one as well right just being able to buy a house or even have food or have a have a comfortable living but i wonder just how the effect of just like yeah a social support network like and i wonder if we've kind of because of social media has it have we kind of fucked it up in some way have we like you know have we weakened it have we weakened the average person's social support because obviously we have all this like incredible means of so social connection but it's that superficial level right whereas 30 years ago you were probably a lot more deeper deeply connected with even the average person even your you know what's it called your uh what's someone who you don't really know very well just a peer maybe yeah yeah just yeah. like that's interesting like an acquaintance almost. acquaintance yeah. The um yeah no i think that's i think that's interesting like like th- and i think that's definitely true i think i i've like heard about this stuff and like in some of my poly sci classes like there's a guy who wrote a book which I didn't read, so I'm, I'm gonna plug something that I haven't read. But um, the best it's like some, book. yeah, but this, yeah. but like we would talk, like it would always come up. It was like this, like I think he's like some sociologist at Harvard or something. It's like Robert Putnam, and he had a book called like Bowling Alone, and like hmm. the it's not the main theme, but something he explores is like you know the the number of like bowling team 
like in the US has like dramatically shifted. And I'm like, okay, bowling hmm. sucks, right? That's on the surface. That's like the just the reaction. But then you realize it's like it's part of this like deeper kind of like evolution of like how we behave within a society and how people are getting more like fragmented and isolated mm. and like you know back in the day it would be hey every friday i'm gonna hang out with my friends like whatever we're on this bowling team and like like you you do almost associate around your interests right like mm-hmm. you know the people could be from all different walks of life but they like bowling or like they like playing soccer right like they they meet up and they hang out or you know they're all really into building like uh model planes or something like that you know like they right people like coalesce around like these sort of interests but it's nowadays it's like you don't need to meet people around you who have these interests like we have the internet so you can be online and you can join Mm -hmm. a facebook group or you know all these like you can follow all these pages on instagram and twitter and all that stuff and like you can get like your your fix almost from there and like you can meet like-minded people but it's like it's not the same because it's like it, this only exists through social media and it's not like a, a mm. physical relationship and so they right. can't be part of that close-knit network that you're saying of like right they can't provide you that happiness as the same way of like people that you would see and like hang out with in person i feel like mm. and so like maybe that has something to do with it as well but um yeah i think it's i think it's interesting and it, and it definitely does come down to like the whole you got to have people around you that support you and that's yeah kind of what's det- gonna determine if you're happy or not yeah and then also like you're hitting upon like the crucial like facet of of socially interacting in person like obviously this is awesome that we're having this talk now but i always do wonder when i do these like how would it be different if me and raj were in person you know how because how, we'd be reading each other's body language and yeah. eye contact and all these things that are a hundred percent built in talking about going back hundreds of thousands of years right mm-hmm. we we're hundred percent social beings and primarily like looking at nonverbal communication really like that is to me a kind of i'm not a conspiracy theorist but like a little bit scary part about like this huge shift that the pandemic has kind of brought on through you know people who were rejecting online like you know media whatever now you're forced to right because it's literally your only option especially think about older people or whatever like you are yeah you no longer have the option of kind of only contacting people in the physical yeah and i think that's interesting because i've seen that sort of argument with like you know like are the is like you know quarantine and like online schooling having like a a damaging effect on like younger children who are like Mm. still learning to those social skills like the very basic thing of like how do you read someone's body language like you know because yeah. kids are stupid and like you make mistakes and like you you make kids cry on the playground and like you right. you like that's literally is like you know like recess and like just being in a classroom together is like how you learn and and something mm. you see is that like and this kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier is like i i noticed like a lot of like you know like indian and asian kids like tend to be reserved and shy and it's like maybe it's because that's their parents but it's like when there's too much of an emphasis on just purely the academic you miss out on building the social skills and like those social skills are how you you succeed like right that's how i bullshit people every day at work (laughs) (laughs) it's like i didn't i didn't learn to code but i i i learned to talk and and you know what it's i don't think there's gonna be a new language coming out that i'm gonna need to learn to speak to people there might be some new coding language every other year but yeah but like yeah like that that's something that i think about a lot is like you know like of all the groups that are worse off than me in this pandemic like i'll I'll add little kids to that of like you mm. know like imagine if you were in a kindergartner like you didn't even get to learn you don't even know what school is like it's just looking at a screen and that's oh. that's just so tough and like yeah um, i think about what type of effects those are gonna have and i'm sure there's gonna be a study that like you know follows some kids and like different cohorts of like children who began their like mm. life at school purely online for like maybe a year or two and so just kind of interesting to see if that'll have like lasting effects at all yeah i honestly i don't see how it couldn't honestly yeah yo i you, i'm gonna let's keep the recording going i have to piss like a racehorse okay so. cool but you yeah. can keep it going i'm just gonna take like a two minute break real quick. all good yeah i'm gonna get I'll some water right gang we're back all right Alrighty. um maybe shifting gears a little bit but i think we've we've kind of touched on it a few times throughout this conversation and I feel like it's not something I've ever really asked you, but uh, was it ever weird, like, growing up 
brown in a white town <laughs> like being you know yeah in a predominantly i don't know for people who don't know danville maybe give people a little uh <laughs> synopsis we've kind of brushed on it already but yeah i would just say dan was a pretty uh upper middle class very white type of town yeah um but i think it's different from other towns would like you say that like politically like conservative majority yeah like, man you haven't been around but uh, a lot of a lot of trump supporters protesting literally really? like like yeah like right on the corner of camino tasahara my mom was telling me like like around election time like in the months leading up and then of course after when they were not accepting the uh the results <laughs> they were like literally on the corner and then sometimes i'd see counter protesters and it's like wow. these are all kids who are like under 18 for sure like high schoolers and these are all older white people who right. don't want to pay more in taxes right <laughs> um but and that's a that's the best case scenario right but um yeah i think to, to answer the original question i mean like dan was even unique because it's like a bubble you know there's plenty of mm-hmm. other like pretty like white areas and stuff even within the bay which is like a as a whole a, a really diverse um area but right but yeah dan was just kind of unique in in that sense but i don't know i mean to me it was never really like a problem like i feel like 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 I said, you know, we touched upon it, like having social skills, like when you like fit in, right? It's like you know, it's not it's not as like salient of like oh you're the Indian kid. It's mm. like only when it's like hey that's the Indian kid, and like their only thing they're known for is being Indian. Like by default, you are whatever is the most like salient feature that you have, right? And yeah. then it's like when you actually like fit in, it's like oh well now it's your personality. Mm. And so I felt like I I fit in. You know, I would get along. I feel like with with most people, and so. Um, for me, it was never a problem, but I could see how, like, for other people, it, it certain would be certainly would be in Dan. But mm, yeah, that's interesting. I, yeah, I feel like that's a important point to bring up. Just how, like, <laughs> I remember. I mean, even on the like the football pitch, right? Like the mo- like, yo, God, the ginger, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. whatever. You just like you boil it down to like the most, you know, easy, like, quick, yeah, uh, characteristic. And yeah, maybe that just says something about about humans. But then, yeah, like you said, as soon as you get to know somebody, they're, they're not the ginger; they're Stephen, or you know, yeah. whatever it is. You you're humanized again, and um, yeah, that's I think that's important to kind of realize. That's like I don't know if we're all like innately like racist, but we're definitely innately tribal, right? Like we, hundred oh, percent. Yeah, yeah, we we, and so I think they're obviously is a huge movement right now and like rightly so because there's you know a shitload of disenfranchised people in mm-hmm. all over the world but especially in the united states but maybe if we can i don't know maybe shift the conversation to like just being a good person as opposed yeah. to like not being racist maybe that's kind of like a way we can package it to people who are like because i think a lot of people like they hear like racist they hear you know oh, I'm being um, labeled or I'm being um, unfairly accused of something yeah. or, and in some cases, you know, maybe racist is the exact label that you should use, but and maybe in other places you could just be like, just be nice. <laughs> like, yeah. How much of our problems could be resolved? It could just, if that would be the message that's stuck. But maybe it doesn't work like that. Maybe you need, you know, a jarring, like something that shakes up someone's, reality yeah i mean i think there's i think yeah i feel like i hear both sides to this of like i think i lean more towards the side of like just in general nowadays like people are too quick to call anything racist mm. right right and i think that when you do that it like cheapens the word and it obscures mm. its definition it's like wait so now this is racist like okay so then right if this is racist like you know saying a, a microaggression for instance like if that's mm. racism and then also, like, you know, like, think about Ahmad Arbery, the, the guy who's a jogger who got killed. Literally, these guys just, like, followed him in his in their truck and, like, mm. came out and shot him because because he was black in their neighborhood. Like, that's fully mm. what it was. And, like, that's racism. But it's right. like, are those two things the same, the same. thing? Like, yeah. do, we, do we label them the same thing? And it's like, mm. like, I think that's part of it. But the other part is, like, yeah, on the opposite side, like, you know, people are resistant to the fact that there's like a shifting power dynamic that now like politics has gone all the way towards like social justice in a way. And right. like, it's funny because like you can think, um, you know, think back to even like 10 years ago, like, 
like Republicans were vehemently like, we don't see color. And mm. like, that was, that was the thing. And like, now it's even like, okay, we see color, but look, here's a black person who agrees with us. Or look, right. like I'm a Latin, like you could see people like, you know, like Candace Owens, if you know who that is, mm-hmm. like she's yeah. like her whole thing is, Hey, I'm a black conservative woman. And right. like, and like, I think, you know, it's cool because it's diversity of thought, whatever, but it feels like she's just harping on her identity to almost right. say, look, the Democrats care too much about identity and I happen to be the identity they're talking about. So listen right. to me. And it's like, but then aren't you making that same argument implicitly? Then mm. like, I should value your opinion because you're black and you happen to think the opposite. And so it's like, we're, we're getting down this rabbit hole of like, everything has to be about race in a way. Mm. for it to have credibility almost and so Mm, that's what i'm kind of worried about is that it can be weaponized it's not that i feel like hey racists are finally being held accountable and that's bad it's like no the racists are going to take your same language they're going to take your same strategies and use it against you they're going to prop up people who happen to fit you know the descriptions that you're like hey these are the people who are we need to listen to right right historically marginalized they haven't had a voice and then they're going to say okay cool they, they think what I think. So yeah. what about that now? And so it's right. like, fuck, like now you're, you're at this like impasse of like, well, shit, maybe we should just value ideas based on their merit. <laughs> it's yeah. like, yeah, dude, I think that's a good idea. Like, I don't think, I don't think that's a bad thing that we should have ever gotten away from. But wow, um, yeah, I think, yeah, I think it's interesting seeing how that plays out. And the U.S. is so fragile now and in terms of just like the discourse in general. So um, it's, it's, it's only going to get worse the way I see it. Maybe I'm not a, uh, an optimist anymore because we're talking, <laughs> we're talking politics and I don't think I would say I am for that. So who knows? <laughs> it's yeah, that's fascinating. Uh, I, yeah, I've never actually heard that kind of like summed up like that before, but that makes total sense. Cause that is what's happening already. Yeah. You can always find somebody that's going to be willing to be like, Oh, I can get on TV for this. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, black conservative right here yeah like um that's do you think like so politically do you think this country is headed towards a a cliff then i would say the cliff's already we're already we're already already, over yeah we're already over we're i don't know how far we are on the drop i'll say like that looney tunes like we're in the air and we're like (laughs) yeah we're trying trying to to run back. back yeah yeah um i don't know i i think it's i think it's uh yeah it's it's just interesting because and this goes back to even like social media, like it's like, we're so polarized, you know, like, like, we're literally just in these like echo chambers of like, Mm. you know, if you're on the right, you're not going to think anything from this left leaning source is worth listening to, or that it's credible. If you're on the left, Mm. same thing on the right. And it's like, and I get it that there's been a shift away of like, okay, mainstream media, they lie because they do. Like, I I think Mm. there's, they generally have their sway and they want to, they function to protect that viewpoint. Um, And so they frame things, you know, favorably or unfavorably, depending on if it's their side or not. And so, like, I think that distrust is is authentic and it it makes sense for people to have. But I don't think it should, like, crumble the infrastructure of how we, like, view things. It's like, Mm. okay, now we listen to Alex Jones because, like, you know, he's Mm -hmm. he's more authentic and he's real and he's not mainstream media and he's not protecting this viewpoint that the donors or like the funder, the backers of their network care about or whatever. Right. And so I think like, that's one way. I mean, I don't know. I think it's just like, I think it's a messaging issue because mm. it's like, there's so many people who, who are trying to be like, like there's just this rise of like, like populist language and stuff. And like, right. you know, whether it's authentic or not, there's people on the left and the right who are like almost saying the same thing of like, yeah. Hey, like, we we don't agree with Biden. Like, let's get you $2,000 checks out right now. And mm. then it's like, when it comes down to it, it's like, who's actually going to do that? And right. it's like, so there's, it, it's it's hard to tell who's on what side anymore. It feels like mm. the, the lines have blurred in a way that it's like 10 years ago, you wouldn't hear any Republican backing like direct payments to like, you know, like people. I go, of course, it's a pandemic, so it's different, but it's like, mm. I mean, I think things have shifted and I think Trump is definitely like, helped that a lot because he helped bring in people that would never have voted for republicans but they like trump so like now what do those people do like he's not there and like i think there's these other people who want to like sneak in and take those same types of like you know supporters and be like listen i'm i can do what he did like i'm not as i'm not as funny right i'm not gonna 
I'm not going to say all these crazy things, but like, yeah. I, I can, I can be that person for you. Right. That's interesting. Yeah. He's sort of like broken the mold yeah. now. Right. And he's like, yeah, he's opened up this floodgate of little demons from hell and yeah. from <laughs> everywhere that are like, Hey, I could talk like that. I can exactly. be an all soul. I can, that's fascinating. Yeah. I, I wonder, I don't know. I'm cause I always think that politics is like this fucking pantomime and like yeah it's important <laughs> like sadly it is like kind of like the future of mm-hmm. our country rests in these people's hands but also it's like i just feel like it's such a weird abstraction of what people actually are and who yeah. people like like we were saying it's just a way to boil down people to their base characteristics right mm-hmm. like he's left he's right he's nationalist he's populist whatever Whereas, like, if you were somehow able to just cut to the core of, like, no, you're a person, that's a person, (laughs) just talk, right? And, like, most likely, you want what's best for you and your family, they want what's best Mm -hmm. for their and their family. They have different ways to get there, but you're, you you have more common ground with the average person, even if they're from wherever than you think. And, like, I, that's what's really the scary part about social media and like especially these like you know kind of like quick twitter-esque ones Mm -hmm. where it's just people like trying to get that like bang 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 you know like look at me i'm witty and funny and i just you know and all these like you know popular youtube videos of like you know jordan peterson destroys (laughs) feminine you know these like (laughs) like clickbait things that yeah i just think yeah it's boiling down humans to some like kind of nonsense labels Mm -hmm. and like they do have real life corresponding value but yeah i don't the more i think about it the more i'm like maybe we should just like i don't know what's the scenario like what's the uh, what's called the solution though like can't just burn it all down and build it back up again that's not probably not gonna work like if i had to be totally honest you know like the one thing I've actually thought of, and like I, I liked Yang when he was running. I, mm, I liked Yang his, Gang. I liked his ideas, but like he, every time he was on the debate stage, he just had this prepackaged. When I talk to people in Michigan and Ohio, mm. and like they're worried about automation and that stuff, it's like cool, bro. Like I get that's your like defining thing, mm-hmm. but like you have to say something else. Like it's almost robotic that you're saying the same thing. And so I had mm. criticisms there, but he had some really good ideas, and one of them that I like is like let's have democracy dollars like so hmm. each each voting eligible person gets like a hundred dollars like as like almost like a credit from the government that you can donate to these different campaigns hmm. and and because you need money like that's it like you need money to succeed like because you need money this would at least like dilute all the like you know the corporate like the mm. lobbyist donations all that sort of stuff and so that super rich people you know, didn't just like funnel money through these different like packs and super packs to give right. it to candidates so that they can control them, that like people would actually have a say. Like, wow. Most people don't have money to donate to political candidates. They barely have time to fucking pay attention to what's going on. Like, you, right. like, you can't even, you know, you can't really do that right now. And so, like, if you could have a way to like get rid of that money so that these candidates who like actually succeed, and by raising like enough money, they're not beholden to like corporate donors. They're beholden to the people who gave them that money because they said they were going to do whatever they campaigned on. So mm. I think that's at least a, the beginning of a solution. I don't think it'll ever happen. Um, <laughs> like I, that, this is where I become less of an optimist. But like, right. but like, I think it's that's like the right trajectory. Is like, all right, get the money out of there, which you fully can't, but at least start to dilute some of it so that people have mm. more of a voice. Like you can get people to show up to your town hall. You can get people to show up to your like rallies and stuff, but it's like, you need, you need the money to like really succeed. Um, right. And so that's why it's like, okay, if you're someone like Trump, like who you can self fund your, like your whole mm. campaign, right. um, which he didn't like, he just said that he would and like, he, he said right. that he could, but like, but if you at least have that, like that was what was so attractive to him or it was yeah. so attractive about him to so many voters was like, listen this drain guy, the swamp yeah, yeah. like the, yeah like all that type of rhetoric is like all right let's let's like let's get back to like people who actually believe in what they're saying and i don't think he did believe in a lot of the things he said but no. i think he wanted to win and he did yeah. win and that was how he did it so yeah. i don't know i think that's like the the first step is like solve the solve the money issue you know mm, that's interesting that democracy dollars yeah i hadn't heard about that 
um, yeah, it seems like, <laughs> like you say, money's just inextricably linked mm -hmm. to politics now, and like, yeah, other other than some kind of massive global collapse, <laughs> like I don't think anything's gonna change that. So I guess yeah, like that's one way. I've not even really heard a solution proposed, so that's kind of a cool one that maybe yeah, maybe we should put some merit into it, thinking about. Yeah. Um, cool. Um, well, let's see how long we've been going here. Uh, like an hour fifteen. Okay, I'll give you like one, one more kind of just like fun mm -hmm. softball questions because I'm interested. Yeah. Um, have you ever had a recurring dream? <laughs> so, not really. So there's one. There's like common dreams that I think a lot of people have, and like I wouldn't say it's recurring, but it's happened like a couple times, and it's like. It's like where like your teeth fall out. I don't know if you've had mm. that, but I've Googled yeah. it. And it's like, okay, it's like a thing that happens to people. And I was like fascinated by why, like what, how? Like how yeah. is that something that like a lot of people have had? Like this very specific thing. And mm. then you wake up, you're like, shit, like do I have all my teeth? And you're like, yeah, oh, yeah, God. yeah. Like I do. And it's like, are they loose? Like is that what's going on? You're <laughs> yeah. like, no, they're, they're good. They're still here. Like I'm not, um, I'm not, I'm not missing anything, but. Yeah, I think that's the only one. The other thing is like not quite a dream, but like when you're about to fall asleep and you feel like you're falling, I think that's a phenomenon that like most mm. people, if not all people have had. But um, no, beyond that, I, I, I can't think of anything um, mm. that's like do really you put the a, like, same thing. Do you put, a, I mean, it obviously I've had the, I actually talked a lot about it in my last podcast. I, I've had that um, uh, teeth falling out recurring dream. Yeah. I had it like a bunch my second year and I actually recently got this uh, dream. <laughs> it's like a, it's called a dream decoder, but it's just like a fun, like gimmicky thing my parents sent me. That's like, uh, basically like themes that we commonly dream about and distilled a little paragraph about them. But the the teeth falling out a lot of times is like being like unsure of yourself, like lying to yourself, like being, uh, yeah, like kind of hiding something that you know is true. And it's like idea behind like this thing is trying to like shock you into like like taking more ownership or like taking actions that you feel like you can't mm -hmm. but um that is yeah it's that's the weirdest one where you it feels so real too yeah. I, I definitely <laughs> had it you go into the mirror and you're like holy yeah. shit they're all it there does, yeah it doesn't feel, the thing is at least for me it doesn't feel painful and it, mm. so that's like what's more worrying is like my teeth are falling out and i'm not even like like it's mm. not even like hurting and so it's like oh am i just like dying that like right my teeth right just yeah like, yeah like going out but I think that's interesting that there's like a common theme behind it. Like, yeah, I because I feel like like dreams are almost like mini like trips. Like you're mm. like you're like like basically just hallucinating, right? And so right. it's like when you do that, like maybe there's there is deeper meaning, and like maybe it's like something mm. that you're like you're not you can't think of when you're like in this like you know sober sort of conscious state, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, I I would say that's very accurate, and it's it's interesting how dreams change through like what you're intaking into your body right like i i'm doing a sober march right now yeah uh with my roommate just I, I don't yeah <laughs> no it's been okay we did a what did we do a sober november and that, that was fine um but because of that i haven't really smoked weed in a while so my dreams are getting like radically oh, yeah. crazy right because <laughs> yeah. it's that like that rem sleep's coming back and i i find that kind of fascinating like i Last night I had a dream that was like it was like a video game. Like there was like two teams. There was like a team that got like an old fashioned like not a musket, but like some some like old World World War Two like cod mm -hmm. gun. And then there was another team that had like these like anti gravity boots. And I, I was like switching between the two. I'd be like sometimes I'd have the gun, sometimes I'd have these boots, and like just like running around being a madman. And like I have literally no idea what it meant, but it it might have some kind of weird significance like i thing is i don't know how much to read into that kind of shit and how much to be like oh, i was just my brain yeah doing its thing <laughs> like yeah I've, I've had that though where it's like if i if i start smoking it's like it's it, it they become intense and like really yeah. like detailed and all this and like i'll wake up super sweaty and i'm right. like shit like because i yeah normally like it and it does depend like on how much i'm smoking it's like mm. i might not remember it or like i don't remember my dreams at all you know right. for like a for a while yeah. versus like some or it's like i'll have it really sporadically like once a week or something i'll i'll remember it but yeah, yeah like when you when you first off and then it's like oh here's like your all the shit that you've been like missing out on <laughs> like, right exactly yeah yeah it all comes flooding back at once you're yeah. like 
Oh my god, <laughs> more fucked up than I thought. <laughs> yeah, yeah, seriously. <laughs> nice man. Um, awesome. Well, I this has been great, Raj. I really appreciate uh, taking the time. I I usually end the same way. We can stay on the lines just so we we can like figure out how to save everything. Mm-hmm. But if there's like a word, a phrase, a sentence, a, a sentiment that you want to leave the people with. Um, now is your time feel free to take as long or as short as you'd like to kind of yeah. say whatever you want no that's that's a that's a good thing to end on um i don't know i would i would say that like i i don't have anything really just witty or quick that's like super eloquent <laughs> but i would just say like one thing i always think of is like you know you don't know unless you try is like mm. don't like i try not to do like i try not to like miss out on shit and like regret things Mm. and so like that type of thinking the more you can like get yourself in the the and this relates to it is like develop a comfort with discomfort that's a lot i've talked about at work and stuff too is like mm. um you have to be okay with like not knowing everything and not feeling like you're in control of everything at all times like mm. the people who like try to be perfectionists and try to live this like super like planned out life and all that type of shit is like either succeed and you're like in this really like elite like category of people who are super smart and like super efficient and like can get shit done or you just end up unhappy because you can't reach this like ideal state that isn't that realistic to begin with and so i just say like whatever if you if you want to do something just try it like don't don't hold yourself to some crazy expectations Mm. like like i said like with like the develop a comfort with discomfort is like my whole thing in life has always been like I do things that I already feel I'm good at and like that just like makes you have like a really narrow viewpoint of the world is like try to do the shit that you're not good at like you don't have to do things that you dislike necessarily but like you know take a chance and like so like recently like I, I got promoted at work and like the first couple of weeks I'm like fuck like this is hard <laughs> and like it still is hard but I'm like no you know what I, I thought this when I was in my original role right mm. like when I first started is like it, it takes takes time to learn and like my girlfriend was saying that too to me and i was like okay this is good reassurance because it's like you know there's some days it's like feel really good some days like not so bad and it's like you don't really know what the fuck you're doing like you're kind of just mm-hmm. making things up and like and like when i get it's like you you need to feel comfortable to not need that reassurance even though it's good right like support network you want that but um you have to be okay with not being okay almost so nice yeah, I would I would say that was a lot of things, but um, I'll leave I'll leave on that last one, which is awesome. Be okay with not being okay. <laughs> Heck yeah, man! What? Yeah. Thank you, dude. Big questions, no answers. See these questions I got on my mind. I'm asking them all the time, time like traveling through the universe. I'm scrambling these black holes. How does time flow? If I dropped a one, where would I go when I come out? A hundred years old. Big question, no answers though. What happens when we dream? Is this world all it seems? I think, therefore I am. All I know is my name is Sam. On the road, child to a man. Do I need a plan? All these questions.